So you didn't think that we could do a series called Home and not quote from the most famous holiday movie in um, the American life, right? Home Alone, right? And so Macaulay Culkin or Kevin McAllister says in this movie these words, this house is so full of people, it makes me sick. When I grow up and get married, I'm living alone. Did you hear me? I'm living alone, I'm living alone. And how many of us in our homes have ever felt this way? How many of us uh, have ever felt like home is this place where, yes, there's goodness and there's love, but there's also a whole lot of crazy there. There's a whole lot of awkward in our homes. And so today we're going to talk about home and we're going to talk about the good and the bad of home. And we're going to share a few more Macaulay Culkin quotes. So then um, he has this quote of his cousin. He says, I don't want to sleep with Fuller. You know about him. He wets the bed. He'll pee all over me. I know it. And he says in another part, he's a bedwetter, dad. Right? Do you remember home alone? And then, of course, he's trying to get away from Fuller. And he asks Buzz, his older brother, if he could stay in his room. And Buzz says, I wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you were, going to, if you were growing on my insert wildflower community. Do you remember? You know what the quote is? Come on, I'm getting like a no, no, damn, no. Okay. And then lastly, famous line when his uncle is there, look what you did, you little jerk. You remember he stole the last piece of Supreme Pizza and the family just sort of shames him right there on the spot in Home Alone. And so we have in the first, this is the first five minutes of the movie. Um, and we have in the first five minutes this like really awesome look at the, our families, right? The good and the bad and all the awkwardness thrown in and what home means for us. And then my favorite quote of all time uh, that you need to know, this is it. Don't get scared now. I quote that to people when they're about to do something big and those who get home alone like smile at me and those who don't are like, what are you talking about? This is right before he set the booby traps all over his house for the burglars not to get in. And so he says to himself, this is it, don't get scared now. And the point is, we love this movie. This movie sold, uh, has millions and millions blockbuster special. It made Macaulay Culkin like the child superstar of the, of the last 20 years. And I think um, we love this movie and it makes us laugh because it's able to sort of diffuse some of the things about home. We can acknowledge in this movie that home is awkward, that home is not always the best place, but on the same side, the whole story as the plot unfolds, we learn that it's, it's not better to be alone, right? It's better to be with your family, even in the midst of all the good and the bad that's there. And so this movie has allowed us to laugh at some of the silliness of what our families do and what home means to us, but at the same time allows to remind us that we're always better together. So we've been looking at these paintings in this home series, and this is Vincent Van Gogh's painting, The Bedroom. And um, I love this painting, and you have to ignore that this should be a little bit sharper on the screen. This painting uh, is actually quite warm. There's blues on the wall. There's yellows for the bed. Look at how everything is in its place. Look at how um, there's a water basin to wash your face. There's a place to take a drink of water at the end of the day. Look at the paintings that are on the wall, all neatly placed. And it even looks like this child, this child had a good childhood. He had parents who care for him. It, um, it looked as like this child was valued, like his art is put on the wall. And, um, and if you look, you see two chairs, right? So it's as if this, chair, this parent has maybe been telling stories to this child or reading to them. So this is a warm home. This is a good home. 
And what I love about paintings and pictures is that um, they tell us this sort of snapshot into someone's world, into someone's life. And this is the home of someone who had a good childhood, healthy and happy, at least in this moment. But there's something else too that, that it tells us about home, about this place of home. When we look at that bed, we grow out of beds. We grow out of rooms. And so home is this place where for certain seasons you are nurtured and you grow and then you grow out of it. You grow out and you grow out, out of your parents' house, hopefully. Most of the time this works, right? And um, so in this picture, what I, what I thought about, first of all, was like how warm it is and how this should sort of conjure and trigger all those good memories you may have. Now, we all know that Home can be a place of good things and home can be a place of bad things. And, but we can agree that home is this mixture of all these things. It conjures all these images, all these memories. So for you, maybe there's been some, some places, some homes where there's been anger and there's been violence and there's been great pain. But didn't you also have some of those moments where there's been laughter and there's been joy? And sometimes it takes us a while in life to journey away from home to realize some of those good things. Sometimes it takes time and seasons, but this is a picture of home. But our homes are moving and changing and we grow out of home and we, um, we have to find new ways of being home. And so I wanna talk to you today about this, this really interesting idea of we have good and we have bad and what do we do with all of it? We have these experiences that are rich and formative and we have these experiences that have like done great damage and harm and all of us, whether to some degree have this mix of experiences from our life at home. And so Jesus has this experience in the gospel. Home is not a good place for Jesus. And there's this great story that he reads from Matthew 13. And this is how it goes. He came to his hometown and began to teach the people in their synagogue so that they were astounded and said, where did this man get his wisdom and these deeds of power? Good thing. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all this? And they took offense at him. Bad thing, right? You're with me now. But Jesus said to them, prophets are not without honor except in their own country and in their own house. And he did not do many deeds of power there because of their unbelief. So Jesus comes home. He comes to Nazareth, and uh, at this time, his ministry has grown. There's been uh, the, the, the buzz around ancient Galilee is that there's good things happening through the life of Jesus, love and healing, and people's lives are being transformed. But he comes home, and the reception isn't so great. But it's still this mixture. They still recognize, hey, he's doing all this good. Where'd that come from? Because they can't deny this came from Nazareth. This came from this place. We, we raised a child from this tribe, from this village that's doing great things in the world. And so there's this kind of like ambivalence. There's this tension in the passage itself. But then at the very end, they take offense at him. And so this home had become a place that no longer could be a place of safety for Jesus. And so Jesus had to live in this ambivalence, this tension of what was good about learning the local traditions and learning this God of Israel and being nurtured by his mom and by his dad. But then on the other hand, the very place that nurtured him and sustained him and grew him that became the very place where they were skeptical of him and all that he was doing. So this good and this bad. And what I think is just astounding about this passage is that so many of us experience 
this mixed experience of emotions of good or bad. And just before this passage, at the end of this long um, chapter on the kingdom of God, sort of Jesus' hope for a new world, Jesus says one of the most fascinating things that's said in the gospel, it's only said in this gospel. He says, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. And this is a really one of those like phrases of Jesus that has deep significance and deep beauty if we just unpack it a bit. So this kingdom of heaven, it's this catchphrase. It's the slogan that Jesus is saying that underneath all the power structures of the world, there is a power structure of love, a power structure of goodness that is working its way to the top. This is this kingdom. It's this hope of all early Christians and the hope of our hearts today, this new world that's being built. And this new, this kingdom of God is like the master of a household who brings out the treasure, what is new and what is old. So it's this like paradigm, this like, this idea of how all of our lives work. And isn't it significant that the very next passage is like, and Jesus went to his hometown. It's like your house, where you were raised, how you were raised, it has a lot of old things. And it has a lot of, and, and as you grow in those old things and those traditions and those things that were good and the things that were bad, you're also learning new things. You've been with roommates. You have had a spouse or met girlfriends and boyfriends in this world and, and you went to school or you at work and have this experience. So you have this, all this old stuff, all these old traditions and the way you're raised and you have all this new stuff. And there's this tension because all of us face this Who's the person that you want to be now? What type of home do you want to create now? So you have all this like material, all this stuff, and you've got to find a way to shape a new home for yourself. And if this isn't absolutely clear with roommates, I don't know what else is. I had a mom who was like super mom. This story is a, a self-confession to you. And when I came home from like basketball practice, like my clothes were um, washed, folded, and cleaned like in a half hour, right? I had no idea how, I, I know, I realized this says everything about me, okay? And my mom had food and everything was fine. And then I had roommates. And I, I didn't understand why like the dishes weren't done, you know? And why like the laundry was like, terrible in our like small one bedroom with four guys, right? And so we learn, we learn um, as we grow, we learn these old traditions, these ways of doing things, but then we have the new and we don't have any option because staying back in the old does not work very well. Those laundry need to be done. The dishes have to be clean. You will not create good roommates and good friends and have a good home if you stay in the old. And then say you not only have a roommate, but then say you decide to marry someone it gets real, real quick, right? All these traditions smashing into each other. And so home has to become this great negotiation of all these old things, of all these new things. And what this verse teaches us is that Jesus invites us to think about our homes, about everything we've learned before and everything that God is still teaching us, that God is still growing us into. And there's great power in looking at the real, at looking and naming these places that were good and these places that were bad and the person that we want to be. And only when we can kind of take that long, loving look at the real can we have the power to move forward. And I find that absolutely so stunning out of this verse that, that spirituality, the most moving moments in my spiritual journal is when I have took that long, loving look at the real. And I sort of push past my own like biases and my own assumptions of what is good and what is bad. And I, I, I just sat with it. 
And I was able to look at my home, my childhood home, and look at what was truly good. And look at what was truly bad and needs to change. And then look at who the person that I want to be and all the new that God is shaping in me. And that's the moment of power. That's the moment where you can be empowered to create a new home, to create a place from the old and from the new. You can create and build this better home for you and for your family and for your future. I love Ben Harper. And uh, Ben Harper is a slide guitar player. And he, he's, uh, this is his 12th album that he's, he's created. Uh, ben Harper is from Claremont, California. And in Claremont, California, it's a small college town and they have a folk music store. And Ben Harper's parents own the folk music store. So um, I, I've loved him for a long time and I will go into the folk music store often because you'll see Joel Harper, his brother who works at the store. And I, I've actually never gotten the courage to be like, hey, Joel, Dale Fredrickson here. But, uh, but I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, Joel Harper shook his hand again today, you know? And, uh, and Ben Harper has um, incredible musician ranging in his styles. And this is his most recent album, which he does the most beautiful thing ever. Him and his mom wrote an album together and to which you say, Ah, right? Like, how cool. You, 12 years in your career, your career has done 12 studio albums, and then you're like, hey, mom, pull up the piano, and I'll pull up the slide guitar, and let's make an album. So it's this indie folk album, and it's, um, it, it's, it's beautiful because he has all these images of home. And on the, the first track, um, he has this, this line. He says, the track is called A House is a Home. He says, a house is a home even when it's dark even when the grass is overgrown in the yard, even when the dog is too old to bark, and when you're sitting at the table trying not to start, a house is a home, even when we've grown up and gone, even when you're there alone. He goes on, he says, a house is a home, a house is a home, a house is a home, even when there's ghosts, even when you gotta run from the ones you love the most. Screen doors broken, paints peeling from the wood, locals whisper, my favorite line, when they're gonna leave the neighborhood. And so he's done this beautiful job and the music just works with it perfectly to remind us of this good and this bad. Your home where you grew up in is always gonna be your home. And you have to figure out and negotiate these tensions of good or bad. And you have to find a way to pull all that's good and bad into the new home that you wanna create, into the new family and the new traditions you're gonna create. The, the only analogy I could think of as this is there's so many analogies, right? My grandma, when I made the varsity basketball team, thought that was like the most special thing ever. And so she would have me over the house. Now, uh, she lived five minutes from my high school, so I'd drive over and she would make like, now remember, this is like, you know, um, these are, this is the great generation. So she would make these like fat burgers, like grill up these fat burgers, like, like 45 minutes before a basketball game. And I was like, oh dear, grandma. Like, and I remember like, I, I would chow it down, but it was like, this is, this is not, you know, we talk about pasta now and getting your carbs, right? And my grandma made these fat burgers, you know, and said, have a great game. And I remember like, like thinking like, oh my. And I remember like telling my mom and my mom would just like roll her eyes, right? Like, oh my goodness, you know? And this is one of those old things. This is one of those things. But what was my grandma saying? 
My grandma was saying that she valued me, that she was proud of me. And so I'll take that fat burger, you know? And, um, and what we have to do is take this tradition, and this is one that Stacy and I can like bring new life to and maybe make some pasta before our kids' games and say, we are so proud of you. We are so proud of what you're doing and bring this tradition forward in a new way. So we live in this tension of good and bad in our homes. And I, and I don't want to minimize, oh, and then Ben Harper comes to a conclusion with the song, and if the life you live is not the life you choose, make your child a home and start anew. So hopeful, right? All of us have this choice to build better homes, to build new homes with this tension. Um, it brings me back to that incredible verse. Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. This scribe, it's code words for me and for you. It means the life of a disciple. It means that somehow in this life, we, we learn, we grow as we are committed to this path of the way of Jesus. We grow and we become people who start to get good at this. We start to look at what's old and bring it into the new in wonderfully new and fresh ways that bring life to the world. And so three things that have helped me, because I don't want to minimize it. Some of us have had real pain in our house. And that takes years and years um, to move away from, to be able to see the good that was in your house. And so I just wanted to say three things that I think are important. This project of bringing things new and building a new home, this is a life project. This is not easy. This takes time and this takes great grace and great compassion where we just like, we're okay. We're okay with, sometimes we blow it. Sometimes we don't create the home we want. And then we look at each other and offer each other forgiveness and we do it again. Remember, it couldn't have gone any worse for Jesus than us, right? I mean, Jesus gets kicked out of his home. So if you don't get kicked out, you're doing okay. And if you do get kicked out, you're like Jesus. So it's bonus both ways. So this is a life project. Be easy on yourself. Be gracious to yourself. Keep striving for that new home you want, but breathe easy because God is a God of love. The second thing that I want to say is that I love this phrase, this thought in, in the Jewish tradition. Um, I'm not going to say the, the Hebrew word because I'll just butcher it terribly, but it means the God who wastes nothing. And this is this idea that in our homes, all the pain we've experienced, all the good we've experienced, everything we've ever experienced, God is a God who wastes nothing. This is that redemptive perspective, that perspective that God is the one who's gonna shape in new and fresh ways the home that we wanna create. God doesn't waste this pain, but uses it as a catalyst for new and vibrant life. And lastly, the, the biggest thing that I've ever learned about this is that we all have the choice every day in our homes to be the thermometer, the person who sort of registers, like it gets, it gets hot, it gets angry, and the temperatures rise in the whole house, right? Or we can be the thermostat in our homes. We can be people who set the temperature. And I've learned, I've had to learn over time that sometimes I can be really good at this in my home of like my kids are acting crazy and hard and I can just calm it down and I can be that voice of love, that steadiness, or I can choose to be the thermometer and when they get excited, I can just raise my temper, raise my anger, right? But the reality is it's so beautiful. We're, we're nearing Thanksgiving where every conversation I have with people, like underneath the surface is like our homes and the tension of mother-in-laws and father-in-laws and somehow going home and what we're gonna eat and all this anxiety around it. And we, this is the most helpful thing you can say is, be the thermostat. Be the thermostat in your home. 
control that temperature. When someone gets hot, you can be that love to them by being the thermostat. Last week, uh, when I was in Orlando, these incredibly kind people named Betsy and David let me stay in their home. And they have uh, this family room. And uh, they're in Tallahassee, Florida. And oh man, I, I'm not a Southern person. So I was like, whoa, it's hot. It's muggy here, right? I mean, what is going on in this strange land? And they have this room. And apparently this is like a thing. You have these family rooms in the South. And as you can kind of see, they've really decorated it nice. And it has like this wind draft through the whole little place. And they have this fire. And they've created this intentional atmosphere with candles and the fire and the lights. And, um, and it's a place where after you've had your meal, you come and you sit and you talk. And you just spend time together. And I remember I'm sitting there with Betsy and David. And they start just kind of like really authentically sharing their story. And Betsy and David, um, this is their second marriage with one another. They blended two families. And they're just sitting there talking honestly. And my heart is like just amazed because they're, they're being so authentic and so real. And it started to think about like, wow, this, this room, this room symbolizes the old and the new and what it means to build a better family together. And they were able to be so authentic. Like, yeah, this was, this was a hard thing and this was a mistake and now we're doing it new. And yeah, our, our kids fight and we're trying our best to negotiate what it means to live this blended family together. And their honesty and their long loving look at the real was just remarkable. And I remember I just want to like pause that moment of like, this is it. If we can all be honest with what's come before and where we want to be, then we can live in that middle space. So there's great hope for us. And so our homes can be something new, can be something new that we create. And are, we are not alone on this journey with God in building a new home from the old and from the new to the home that we hope this Thanksgiving. So let's conclude with prayer. God, I thank you that uh, spirituality means taking a long, loving look at the real. And I thank you for our homes. I pray, God, that you would give us the ability, the, the wisdom and the maturity to, to remember the good, to name the bad, but most importantly, Give us the power to create new homes with each other. I thank you, God, for these people and for this time. Amen.